Build the portfolio of tomorrow today with alternative investments previously reserved for only the top 1%. Yield Street's cutting-edge investment products are designed to grow your wealth, bringing you one step closer to the financial independence you crave. With minimums at just $500 and access to investments in art, real estate, venture capital, and more, the future of alternative investing is now with Yield Street. Visit YieldStreet.com to get started. That's YieldStreet.com. What a catch by George Kittle! <laughs> hey, Niner fans. George Kittle here with a pro tip for making the best play on your eyewear. Visit Zinni.com, the official eyewear of the 49ers. Zinni has changed the game for you, finally making prescription glasses affordable for everyone. At Zinni, you can find over 3,000 frames with unbelievable prices. Look for the Kittles collection so you can rock our styles every day, too. So visit Z-E-N-N-I.com, start shopping from home using their virtual try-on, and change your eyewear game forever. Hello. Welcome to episode 83 of Get Out of Rap. I'm going solo today. So please don't please don't switch off just yet. Um, I am doing a recording tomorrow, and I've got hundreds, literally hundreds of guests lined up. Um, it's great. There's so many people want to come on. Uh, it's just me organising this, so so please do do bear with me. But yeah, going solo today. Um, great guest being recorded uh, tomorrow but I will publish this one instead. Um, thanks, as always, for, for listening. If you do get a chance on however you listen, um, Apple, Spotify, please do drop in a, a rating and some feedback or contact me directly through LinkedIn or on getoutofrap.com. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think, what you want changed, uh, topics that you want to cover, whether you want to come on yourself, um, but please do uh, add a rating and give me some feedback. I think it's great that we take on uh, and appear in the Apple business charts when I, I don't pay for any promotion or, any, or anything like that. I can't, <laughs> but I think it's great that we take on um, take on the big players. So Thanks very much for your uh, support. So it's been an interesting week. I don't know uh, if you caught it, but I was on the panel at the UK National Contact Centre Conference. It was a panel hosted by Martin Hill Wilson, expertly as usual. Uh, on it as well was Ryan Rubatazzi, the head of telesales and retention at Vodafone, Justin Haynes, the chief operating officer at Dojo, and Lucy Child, the strategy manager, customer care at the very group. And the, the question that Martin um, posed was, how are you preparing for 2022? And there were some great answers from the rest of the panel, some really insightful views. Um, Justin's, what he's doing at Dojo is brilliant, and he will be featuring on the podcast soon to, to talk about that. What, what I wanted to do was just share the questions with you and also the answers. And the, the answers weren't just from, from me. I sought the opinion of uh, the leadership team that I'm part of for BPA Quality because my day job is actually one of the directors at BPA Quality. And we do quality assurance, quality training, quality software, anything to do with quality in contact centres, that's, that's what we do. But I asked the leadership team for their 
their views. How are we preparing for 2022? And I wanted to share with you a collection of their views, my own personal views, and the views from the industry on what was a, a great conference. If you haven't had the chance or you weren't one of the attendees, I would definitely recommend going to the CCMA's website or their LinkedIn page and just having a look at the, the content. Great presenters all the way through the day. It's called Releasing the Power of the Contact Centre something I think we can all buy into. Often contact centres are seen as cost centres. Um, maybe head office and the rest of the company don't really know what we do in a contact centre. I think as well as releasing the power um, to better serve customers, for me, there's something about raising the, the PR of the contact centre, letting people know what a great place it is to work, letting people know the great stuff that we do and just how we problem solve all day long, fight fires all day long, um, deal with challenges all day long, day in, day out, um, and deal with all the challenges that I know each and every one of you are facing. So it was a really good conference. Um, let's get on to the very first question, which was, what are the challenges and opportunities you and your leadership team have identified for 2022? Um, Certainly in terms of challenges, I think we all have to recognize as an industry that customer service standards have, have dropped. There's um, any report that's out there, any of the scores that are out there show that customer service standards are, are pretty low. Um, that doesn't, you know, it's not a broad brush approach. There's some great stuff happening. I, I, I know it, we see it, we're involved in it. It's been talked about on this podcast, but equally, we have some some work to do. And I think one of the things I find really interesting is we we talk about customers like they're a different species when we, in fact, are also customers, right? And I'm sure we've had frustrating experiences. Uh, anyone that's still using um, an IVR or a recording or on the, a message on their website that says due to the pandemic there'll be a, a drop in service really needs to have a long, hard look at themselves because that is wearing very thin uh, with, with all of us and customers included at the moment. But one of the things I think we have a challenge in is raising customer service standards um, across the board, but also against a backdrop of pressure on recruitment and salaries. We are in the middle apparently of, uh, with something that's called the Great Resignation. And if you look at any of the posts from recruiters on LinkedIn, they've never seen anything like it. There's more positions available now than, than ever before. You'd think that's partly due to uh, an impact of Brexit, definitely the impact of the, the pandemic. Um, but we have a challenge in our industry and again, to my point about our PR, I think we need to really consider how we are portraying what life is like in a contact center and for frontline team members, how that that's the first step on them having a great career. So many of the guests that have come on and so many people in our industry probably didn't expect to stay in the contact center world. I, I certainly didn't. 
but I was hooked and, and became addicted to the buzz and what the challenges were and the people that I worked with and all of those different kind of things. So we need to better portray that outside of our industry because certainly in terms of salary, we are up against, and again, I'm talking front frontline advisors here, we are up against retail, we're up against manufacturing, and based on salary alone, when people are dealing with the percept, they're, they're considering roles and they're thinking about the perception of call centers, contact centers, it's not a positive one. So we need to address that. We need to sort of redress the, the balance. And I thought in the last episode of this podcast, if you haven't listened to it, Dino made a really good point that we yeah hybrid is great i'm i'm working from home now um we do need to think about that we've got some great centers and the environment and the esprit de corps and the connections that people make being in the same physical call center contact center building we lose something by everyone working at home so it would be great to hear where you're at i get the sense from people that i'm talking to in the industry that we're slowly returning some more so than others others not returning much at all but that i think is a big selling point for our industry our centers and the clubs that exist in them the social uh, communities that are formed the friendships that are formed the relationships that happen there um there's there's so many different things i think uh ruler that came on uh, had a baby in a contact center so i don't think anyone's going to going to beat that um but i do think there's going to be a pressure on recruitment and salaries especially and we've got to get talent in we have to get talent in and not just to address dropping customer service standards um but just for the future of our industry in terms of opportunities i think the fact that everyone was at home has meant we've all got to know our teams a bit better. We've got to see them at home. We've got to understand where work sits in their home life because we've had to make considerations and we've had to do it at scale. So I think there's a real opportunity to build even stronger relationships with our teams. Um, and that is only going to bode well for what we're able to do as an industry. I think uh, some of the other things that the team mentioned were looking at the best channels for customers. This seems to be a continual um, point that comes up. What's the best channel for our customers? For me, it's about consistency, that if customers interact on one channel, that if they then go on to another channel, that it's the same tone of voice, it's the same experience, it's the same effort and you feel like you're dealing with the same company whatever that may whatever that may be and whatever your relationship with that company may be or the point of the the transaction regardless of channel it should feel the same and i don't know if we always do that naturally as it came from bpa quality seeing quality as a real driving force for our industry is is key we often we're quite evangelical about the power of quality you if you have a good quality framework a good quality monitoring team you can supercharge your performance often if the contact center is a hot air balloon 
and you're feeling the strain of customer contact, one of the first things that's often thrown out of the balloon is quality. And it really, really shouldn't. We're lucky enough to work with some of the best companies in the world. And there's a common denominator, common factor in the ones that are performing at a world-class level versus those that are surviving, let's say. And that is the importance on which they place quality. And this isn't a, a pitch for, for BPA. This is when you consider your own quality team, are they the people that you go to to gauge a new service? Are they the people that you go to to gauge how your customers are reacting at the moment, feeling about things? Because more often than not, companies will utilize third-party market research, mystery shopping, when in fact sat in your contact center or maybe still at home is a team that listen to the interactions day in, day out between your team and your customers and their opinions aren't sought as often as they should be. Insight, actionable insight, that team can provide you with real golden nuggets of things that are going to make a massive difference to your performance and they're not often involved. In the high-performing companies and the companies that we work with, quality has a seat at the table. And it's a topic that I will be talking about. Uh, I'm doing a talk at the Call and Contact Center Expo in London at the in the Excel. I just I can't remember the, <laughs> the date I'm doing it. I'm not the greatest salesman in the world. Um, let's have a look at my calendar. When is the expo? Uh, okay, yeah, the 16th at, uh, it is half past three. So if you're in London at the Call and Contact Centre Expo on the 16th and you want to come and hear me talk about, uh, it's actually the human element in quality assurance in contact centres, but it it's really a, a bit of a riff. I, re I very rarely follow follow the script, much, much to the annoyance of my boss. Um, but we will be talking about uh, quality monitoring. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I heard a new phrase the other day, which I loved, because I do love a baseball cap, as you might know. Um, I probably won't be wearing it at the expo, which is maybe the topic of another podcast, shouldn't I? Um, anyway... I love. I always wear base. I like to wear a baseball cap. But the phrase I heard was that I'd hat. I could you hat fish people. So if I take my baseball cap off, I'm as bald as a coot. I have no hair. Um, but you don't know that if I'm wearing a baseball cap. So just look out. Look out for a shiny head if you're in the expo. The sun. The the lights glinting off it, and you'll know. Uh, know I'm there. And I'm always smaller than people uh, expect as well. So just want to get those two things out of the way. But I will be at the expo talking about that. Uh, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent. So what was question number two? Number two, going back to the panel, was um, concerning customers, what are you going to focus on? And again, this is some really uh, great answers were given both in the debate, but also from the people that I canvassed uh, prior to uh, going to the debate, because it wasn't just BPA quality people, actually. It was guests that had come on, um, people that I speak to all the time as a result of doing this podcast. So 
The first one is that customers are more interested in company values. And I think that can apply to employees as well. And I, for one, think that's great. I think companies should have positions on topics that matter to all of us in society, whether that's Black Lives Matter or topical at the moment is the climate. And one of the things that people have been talking to me about is employees and customers want to know where companies stand on becoming net zero from a carbon point of view or what are they doing about the climate what is what are companies doing it doesn't regardless of industry regardless of type of industry and i think if you have a clear progressive position on this this is something that will help you attract talent and retain your existing team you should have a view um, certainly on the climate it affects us all and it is something that i think is business world can take a lead on we need to um so that was a real that was a really interesting point one of the other ones for what we focus on when it comes to customers was the search for the sweet spot between technology and human expertise i was doing some research for a blog that's on the get out of rap um, podcast and it was from 2002 and this was talked about then that they're the view of the future was going to be we're going to ask our agents to take on more complex work and that people in contact centers were going to have to or be perceived or become experts and technology would take up uh, a lot of the slack and that's certainly happening far more than it ever did but i think it's interesting that the question still applies the, the search for the sweet spot and maybe it's one that we'll never get to but it's a pursuit that we should follow. So how do we utilize the ever improving, increasing useful technology out there while still maintaining the human element and human expertise? And I've been lucky enough to be a judge at our UK and European awards over the last few years. And there's some great work happening out there with AI, automation, analytics, um, digital CX. I still think um, we have some we have some ways to go, and some of it is about joining it all together, that kind of consistency. But that certainly is going to be an area of focus for our industry, it seems. Another one is increased customer expectations and the need to improve the service they receive and consistency between channels. We've spoken about that. And, um, yeah, an interesting company values so martin then asked um concerning employees what are you going to focus on and this is what i mentioned before we lose the buzz of being together in a call center contact center at our own peril we're still in a pandemic working from home is here to stay but we need to recognize we lose something by not having our contact centers buzzing and i but i do wonder I've often thought, um, I know we need to service customers round the clock more often than not, but I think with the advances of neuroscience, with the advances of work, the fact that we're still in a bit of a Victorian mindset sometimes around longer hours, nine to five, Monday to Friday, um, wouldn't it be great if as a result of the pandemic, we really challenge that? I'd love to know and hear from people who work in resource planning. Are you 
incorporating some of the science that's out there now about how long people can concentrate into shifts. How can we be more flexible and agile and recognize that people coming to work for us probably have, or they prefer four or five jobs with flexible hours that they can pick up and do when they want. How do we align all these different things to provide a better service? And I think um, it's really interesting. It's an interesting point. Training and particularly resilience, empathy and emotional intelligence are going to be key. Often overlooked, I think um, I've spoken at length before, we've had guests come on, speak about how little training team leaders get in these critical areas of empathy and emotional intelligence. We need to see far more of that. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a topic that we offer training on and it's, it's, it's very popular. Um, but I would still say there's more courses that are more popular um, when empathy and emotional intelligence, I think it can be taught. You could have people in management positions now, certainly if it's their first step into management, that are probably excellent at understanding your business. They're excellent at understanding policy. They are excellent at understanding your systems, but they might be lacking in empathy and emotional intelligence, but because they're good in all of those other things, you kind of overlook that. This needs to be a key focus for us, I think. It's, it's going to differentiate the good from the great. One thing here that I really liked was somebody said, stop talking about empowering our frontline team members and actually do it. The ever-increasing use of great technology means we need, our customers need, skilled human assistance. And... Again, I mentioned some research I was doing for a blog that I wrote that's on the website um, from 2002 said the same things. We need to empower our frontline team members. We need to spend more time training them. We need, probably need to pay them more, I think. There is an opportunity out there for someone to come into the market or someone that's already in the market to make their frontline team members and team leaders the priority of their call center. I think we often talk about it. We all say team leaders are the most important people in the in the industry. If that's the case, we need to pay them more. We need to train them more. We need to invest in them more. Uh, so I, for one, totally agree with that um, viewpoint. The next question was, in relation to the overall conference theme of releasing the power of the contact center, do you have any particular intentions? maybe in relation to organization-wide initiatives and experience management, collaboration, digital transformation, or innovation. Actually, I have a lot of guests uh, coming up in the next month or so that are going to cover certainly digital transformation, innovation, collaboration, and experience management. So please do listen to them. I will I'll let you know more about the details. Um, so what was question five? Finally, what would you like to see as an industry-wide achievement for 2002? Oh, just on the fourth point, um, definitely check out the concept of tribe. And as I say, Justin Haynes is going to be coming on from Dojo to talk about what they're doing there. It was fascinating. And, and Lucy mentioned the, what the very group are doing. And again, that was that was really good stuff. So please do check that out. For an industry-wide achievement, there are some really good views shared by the uh, the panel just on 
really, really accelerating our, our use of technology, really accelerating our collaboration and providing some great customer experience. For me, my answer was, I would love the wider population to see us as the industry we know we all are. You can have a great career in this industry and make a real difference, but we don't talk about it enough. Again, I mentioned judging. One of my favorite categories to judge is impact on the community. And you all do some amazing things out there. Wouldn't it be great if we, if people knew that too often, the view of a call center or contact center is based on some very outdated shows in the on TV or in the media. Um, I don't think we've done a great job in being out there saying, you know what, I'm not going to talk under my breath about what I do. I'm going to say I work in a contact center. I work in the contact center industry, and it's a it's a great one to to be in. So that was the that was the panel. Um, I hope this has been a nice little summary. There's far more information, um, as I said, on the CCMA website, but I would be really interested to know what you guys think of what should we be preparing for in 2022? It's just around the corner. There's not much time left. I think there's something like 59, 50, nearly just under 60 days left for the end of the year. What, what are your plans personally? What are you going to be up to? Please do get me low. Go on to getoutofwrap.com. There's a contact form on that, or just contact me on LinkedIn. So thanks very much. Um, next week will be Danielle Mills. You may have seen her on LinkedIn. For those of you looking for work, absolutely recommend listening to, to that one. And I will start doing highlighting some of the people I post every week on LinkedIn, job seekers from my network, the majority of which are in our industry, the contact center industry, but not all of them are. Um, please do check it out because I've been doing it for about three years now. Lots of people have got jobs from this, but it's because you guys have all tagged them in positions they see connected with them. They've then met somebody else who was looking or offering a position that's suitable. So I will start using the podcast as well to talk about some of the job seekers from our industry looking for roles and maybe you can connect with them or maybe you have positions for them available right now. Right. Thanks, everybody, and see you soon. We're gathered here today to join Mike and Jill in holy matrimony. So they may file jointly this tax season. And you are? April from Tax Act, the tax filing software with the expert guidance to help you file for less and get more. Works for me. So, Mike, do you take this woman to love, honor, and get her a maximum refund? I do. Jill? Ditto. I now pronounce you married, filing jointly. I always cry at filing status updates. Tax Act. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. See taxact.com for details.